Welcome back to Nerd vs. World, episode 19, Cat on a Hot Tin Nerd. <laughs> yeah, I got it right, yeah. I thought I'd fuck that one up. <laughs> it is episode 19, I fucked that up when I'm on the, the later podcast, you'll, yeah, you'll hear me fucking it up. <laughs> is it 18? Is it 19? Uh, it's 19, <laughs> 19, and a bit. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And I'm Edie. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's been a while. Sorry it's been so long. Indeed, Indeed. yeah, sorry Big everyone. Big apologies. We all got, real life got in the way, unfortunately. Yeah. Our exams and, not exams, assignments and stuff, so yeah. I'm massively busy with uni work. My studios have been unusually full of students, so I haven't been able to abuse the facilities like I usually do. And I had a lot of chrome and steel to polish. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back after a... A brief hiatus. Yeah, it's only been about a month or so, I think. Yeah, so. it's, yeah. We, we, we've had one episode off. Yeah. We're allowed that once yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah. Give us a, allow us a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so have we been up to anything exciting over the last month? Well, no, you have. I, I certainly yeah. have, yeah. yeah. You're up at Forbidden Planet. Loads of stuff, yeah. Well, you, you'll, you'll hear that later on as uh, I went down to... London at the weekend and had a bumper recording with with four authors. Uh, so yeah, that was rather cool. But you'll you'll hear that in the second half of the show. Uh, but then I went after that on the Sunday. I went to uh, London Fashion Weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Mental. Emma won tickets. I won front row tickets for the catwalk. <laughs> Did you start re- singing what it said friends and stuff? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Oddly enough, it, 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 it's the, the only time I've ever been to anything like a fashion show, and it's the one time that stuff I wear is in fashion. I had a Victoriana trend. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, but you don't wear Victoriana. Well, I had my like, brocade coat and everything, yeah, well, then, yeah. and my waistcoat and everything, so yeah, uh, it was. I was like, the yeah, Victoriana is currently in, so for the yeah. first time in my life, I'm in fashion. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> So don't have to deal with that. <laughs> so, some of our regular co- regular listeners have actually said they want us to talk about so or come on the show and talk about clothing. Well, here it is. Really? All right. <laughs> yes. Cool. Wow. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So, Sophie and uh, Raven. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Louise, and they all had a few comments about things like that. So here okay. it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, London uh, Fashion uh, Week. Uh, there London, you go. London Fashion Weekend. That they had like four trends that was pretty in pink. Um, what one was a kind of geometric shapes thing, and then a kind of autumn colours thing, and then Victoriana, which is all black so and white. Basically, they've got everything off from of your geek wardrobe. Sheet. Yeah, from yeah, from from my wardrobe. Especially all the pink stuff. That's just the underwear. Oh, yeah, it's like a frilly pinkness. Yeah. yeah, but it's got studs on the inside. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the Victoriana stuff was like. Uh, They've they've got the kind of cloaks, like the kind of coachman's coats thing, but they're they're like sleeveless and waistcoaty rather than cool. Ace, cause like so, yeah. often, oftentimes when I finish a lap event, when when a lap event finishes and I'm packing all the stuff down, and I have to go back into my normal clothes, I often hate it because I like wearing my lap stuff. So mm. if like the big coats and stuff are back in, that's just awesome. Yeah, it is. I've been yeah. wearing a big long coat for years. Yeah, but it's actually in fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, right, yeah. yeah, and yeah, keeps the rain off. I don't like getting wet trousers. I've I've got a tailor-made 
ankle length leather coat. So yes, that was <laughs> that was a bit weird. And we got what that little segue <laughs> you both. Uh, <laughs> both. <laughs> <laughs> Thus far it's a podcast full of weird. weird. <laughs> um you've met me, right? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the the, the 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 worst thing about the weekend was going into Forbidden Planet with a credit card. Oh yeah. Oh dear. It, it's painful. Oh dear. Yeah, and not not only did I start playing Magic a couple of weeks ago, I bought new cards. Yeah, I've started again. It's okay. <laughs> um, I I I bought Faye a twenty fourteen corset. <laughs> yeah, we got a twenty fourteen uh, fat pack with nine boosters in it. <laughs> How much was that? It was like thirty quid. Dude, Amazon sixteen ninety nine delivered. What for the fat pack? No, not for fat pack. Sorry, oh, just right, okay. for the deck builders. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So me no, and Simon it, yeah. out here. Wasn't one of them, but yeah, fat packs. So because we went, we'll have nine boosters, yeah, please. 30, and it was 30, like, 30. oh, nine boosters. You get this, two, and this. Give me more stuff. Okay. And yeah, bought some books and bought Megan a clip on adipose for a school bag. And yeah, I spent a lot of money. I remember the joys of buying uh, card sets there for card games. Mm-hmm. Especially for Legend of the Five Rings, there was a group of us who all played it, and we would all chip in money and go to Wayland's Forge in Birmingham. Mm. Whenever oh, we, buy a big, yeah, whenever yeah, the, whenever the new, the new expansion was released, we would go and we'd buy a full box of boosters and a full box of starter decks. Yeah, yeah. and then we just divvy them up. Yeah, yeah, we were exactly the same in Lancaster. Yeah. We used to do that, and then go for cups of tea and open cards, and yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I remember doing that with the boost, but that's how I've got like. Um, I've got like five decks out of doing that, really good ones, of getting the booster cards. You just open them all up, shuffle them and go one for you, one for you, one for you, and then it's completely like unhindered. Well we had well we always had clans that we that we preferred to play. So whenever there was a, a new expansion with a particular clan, Stronghold coming out, yeah. then that person would get their, their clan. But then yeah, the boosters just be divvied up. But it was cool because then we oh we got really into it. Go online and get all the card listings, yeah. so you know which all the rare cards were and all the uncommon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And go through it. Yeah. Speak, speaking of which, so this does lead on quite well. I've got found an awesome new app that's absolutely free. Uh, you can pay for a pro version, but the free version is fucking amazing, and it's done by Wizards of the Coast. Oh sweet! What is it? Um, it's the uh, Magic the Gathering twenty fourteen. Is Magic the Gathering Wizards? Yeah. Yes, it is. Fuck. And it's it's the official release. That's what made Wizards of the Coast, was Magic. And they've done it as a a tutorial as well. So it teaches you how to play Magic. If you've never played before, if you've played an intermediate level, or you've played a lot, and it will go through the tutorial with the new core set pack. Um, And you can start off with three different decks, and there's six that you can open. Mm. And it's online, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's on. It, it's it can be online and it works Bluetooth as well. So if somebody else has got a tablet, it's designed specifically for tablet use. Cool, cool. So uh, you can so, play with other people yeah, via Bluetooth. By, via Bluetooth sweet. and by Wi-Fi. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Or you can pay offline completely independently on your own, and it keeps all your scores held in there. That sounds pretty cool. That's Check pretty that sweet. Yeah, yeah, I was actually very impressed with it. Um, it is a little bit glitchy at times, mm. um, but they're aware of it and they're trying to resolve it, but it only came out like a couple of weeks ago, so cool. fair play to them. It's a, it's a bloody good app, so yeah, if you're into it, to check it out. download it, or if you want to get into it, it's a really good one to start with. Sweet. Mm. And you don't have to go out and buy anything. That's cool. I, play, I played Magic once, and that was over the counter at 
the View Cinema where I was working. Me and my old manager at the time just used to play over the counter. But yeah, that's wicked. I will check it out. But speaking of collectible card games, there is a game called Card Hunter online. It's a fantasy based game. It's run like a. It's run like you're a player in a uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaign, mm-hmm. and the game's master's running it for you. So you run, you play these scenarios with with your group of characters, and every item that you have gives you a selection of cards. But you play cards like you would in a CCG, right? To defeat the scenarios. Cool. But it's really good, and you level up. As you level up, you get more slots, Isn't and you can equip more stuff to it. I don't know if it's a cartoon. It's card hunters. It, it's, I don't know if it, it's if it's based if, it, if it's uh, come from a cartoon or anything. But all the cartoons yeah. based on that, I'm not sure. I'm but sure. I, it has a bit of a ring to it to me that goes. I'm not. I've not come across the cartoon. But but yeah, you can play against other people. You can build decks and then go into a multiplayer area and play them as well. But it's free. It's free to play. Cool. Sweet. That's been taking up a lot of my time. It's the one thing that's actually beaten my bejeweled and my uh, Candy Crush fix. <laughs> I played what thirty seconds of Candy Crush. I get it. No, I got fucking shit. I got I addicted it. to it. <laughs> oh yeah, I did the whole self-loathing. And it asked it's a horrible game, but I must get to the next level. Um, yeah. There's one level, two hundred and fifty-two, I think. Yeah, I've, I've got past. I've got past <laughs> that one. Though. There's one level. I think it's a two hundred and fifty-two. Um, <laughs> it's it's a timed level, so you have to get a certain score. Within a certain time limit, it's fifteen thousand points within thirty seconds. But they have boosters which keep dropping, which give you an extra five seconds to your time total. I realised that two episodes of Castle had played without me actually watching them in the time that I'd done this level, and I looked at my score and it was twelve million points. I'd just been playing this level repeatedly. I got to twelve million. Yeah. Yeah, I had that look on my face as well, Amy. Sort of like the, the, the what am I doing with my life? The thing was, that was the biggest achievement of my day that day was getting 12 million points on this level of Candy Crush. Three words, dude. Get out more. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, uh, I'm not a fan. I've seen it played, and it looks kind of cool, but I suck at driving in computer games, and for a game based you don't on have driving... To drive. Run around and smack No, no, no. You have to drive. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I've seen it played. You can get lap dances in it. I've seen that. Get to a strip club and you get a lap dance. Go on Cowley Road you can get a fucking lap dance and a blowjob for a fiver. <laughs> Speaks the voice of experience. <laughs> no, I've, I've never been enamoured with Grand Theft Auto. I liked the first one. I liked the first one on the PC, the old top down perspective. That was cool, but then I can't. Do you remember the original, that. original, with the turbos? The no. original Grand. It was like, oh, what was it? Was it a sixteen bit? The only Grand Theft Auto I remember is the old top-down yeah, PC game. Yeah, it was a top-down PC game. Yeah, yeah there was a top-down. Yeah, it was, that was the Grand Theft Auto. That's the first one. Yeah. Unless you're thinking of like Carmageddon or something. Carmageddon, that Maybe. was fucking rad. <laughs> that game was awesome. <laughs> it was a top, definitely top down, and you, you, if you raced enough on the course, you'd get turbos, and then if you get up to three turbos, you can use it. That's not great. To get daughter. away from the, what was that in Carmageddon? No, it wasn't Carmageddon. Either. What was that? In? God knows. Carmageddon was amazing. Yeah. They had to change it from pedestrians to zombies, didn't they? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get points for hitting people and running them down. <laughs> Such a good Death Race 2000. Such a fun game. 
Adam PC as well. Anyway, that's enough nostalgia. We're saying it's enough nostalgia. It's never enough nostalgia. <laughs> no, that's what the show is based on nostalgia. <laughs> so yeah, nothing exciting for me really. No. I, just, I spent all September watching new TV shows and being rather disappointed with some of them. Fair enough. Sons of Anarchy. I'm looking at you. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm one of those ones that I gave up and gone. Maybe one I, day I'll. I've, I've watched the first watch episode of this season. I haven't watched the next one yet. I almost gave up on it last season, yeah, but, I stuck I with, but I stuck with it. And I watched the first episode of this season, and I was like, oh, so nothing actually resolved from last season. Oh, and you're going to do this and have a this. certain yeah. scene, which made me just go, no, you've run out of ideas. Yeah, if you're, I, if you're I don't, flogging the dead horse now. If I don't watch Time you anymore, it. I won't miss it. So yeah, yeah, I'm just not bothered with that. Newcastle premiere was pretty cool. I think I'll be watching that tonight when yeah. I get home. Mm. By the time this airs... We should have watched Agents of Shield. But by the time this says, I, I will have watched. Yeah. <laughs> we most definitely will have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I will have dissected every nuance of yeah. it and yes. consumed it. But yeah. yeah, because getting up, getting up early in the morning and watching that tomorrow, I think. Uh, I'll just have to wait until I get home. I'll Try and avoid the internet for a day. Yeah, I'm working nights. <laughs> so yeah, stay off my Facebook page. <laughs> Although I won't, I'll never post any spoilers, obviously, yeah. but I might just go, either that was awesome or that was fucking awesome. Yeah, I have faith in you, <laughs> I don't have faith in the rest of the yeah. internet. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah. Can we post these like, ha ha, I've seen it, ha 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 ha. I'll just do my usual sort of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., pretty rad. Or, no! <laughs> oh, there's such a such an opportunity just to troll the internet tomorrow, it's, isn't there? McGovern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's not in my nature. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, but by the time this airs, I'll be looking forward to watching it on Channel 4 again. Yes. In yes. good quality. Because yeah. I will watch it again. I'm fairly sure. Unless it does a defiance. <laughs> I don't think it will. I, I, I don't think it can do a defiance. <laughs> I've still never went back to that show no, after the second I episode. I managed five. I really? really? Yeah. Wow. I managed five and I went... Yeah, you know, it's not worth the fucking hassle trying to find a, find a, a site to watch it on. Yeah, that was the thing, finding working links. Yes, it was an absolute bastard. Oh, I had no like problem finding the episode. I had a problem with the episode holding my attention. <laughs> well, like I said, it was the uh, Nirvana cover. It was, yeah, it was the Come As You Are cover. Yeah. That's why I was just like... I, I didn't even hear nothing. it. I think I just... It's the end of episode two. two yeah, I was like, fuck this shit, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> And we never went back. <laughs> you doing that? On the way here, I was actually talking about uh, about that sort of era as well, like "Come as You Are" era, and it was just as Paul Jam comes on the radio with "Live." I'm like, what an awesome tune to come to to do the podcast into. I was like, fuck yeah, that's yeah. that's really fucking appropriate. I've been having a nostalgia trip recently with music as well. So I realised the other day that I hadn't listened to Eno Dos Tres, which is the Three disc album from Green Day, yeah. and like I used to just listen intently to anything Green Day had ever did because I, they were one of my favorite bands back. I did not know that. Ninety four Green Day, fucking loved Green Day. I did not know that. Dookie is I one apologize my... because I had something quite special that I could have given you as a present. Oh, don't watch those words, dude. No, no it, Dookie it's is one of my favorite albums of all time. I think it's just a fantastic album. And we were t- I was talking with uh, Mike, one of the supervisors here, one of my colleagues, about. About the music, and we listened to Kaplunk, then to Dookie, 
and then we listened to Warning and Nimrod and the new stuff. We went through them and we just watched, or not watched, listened to the way the production had changed yeah. all the way. And the new album's good, but whilst it's much more polished than the earlier stuff... It hasn't got the edge. Yeah, it, they're, they're yeah. trying too hard to put the yes. uh, the pace into the songs. They're, yeah. still, great, they're still great tracks, um, but they don't have the urgency no. that Ducky did or anything from Nimrod did. And we also realised as well that we both agreed that Warning was probably the weakest album. But then when we looked at the track listing for Warning, we were like, oh fuck, that track was on there. And like, so many good tracks. But because it followed straight after Nimrod... Nobody really paid it that yeah. much attention. It, <clears> had, <throat> it had what I called the Echoes, Patience, Silence and Grace effect. That album by the Foo Fighters, if it had been released by any other band mm. as their debut, would have been a barnstorming debut album yeah. but because it was a Foo Fighters album and it wasn't uh, Colour in the Shape or One by One it was kind of just B-sized so sucked under the, under the rug a little mm. but yeah on a massive music trip this week for new music mostly since oh, we can't talk about the Bedroom album can we oh, well we can talk about it we can say it's awesome <laughs> it's yeah. awesome we've listened to it we love it um Yes, yeah, it is awesome. And, um, I got my vinyl and my lyric anthology. And oh, I didn't, my, get, I didn't yeah, get it. I just got the, the I got the signed copy. Yeah, the signed copy and the T-shirt. And the digital download. I didn't get the T-shirt. The digital download. I got the digital download, the signed copy and the T-shirt. No, I didn't, I didn't get that package. I just got the T-shirt. Yeah. I just got the signed copy and cool. download. But yeah. It says, I made waves. Yes. <laughs> now I wish I had that T-shirt. That's a cool T-shirt. Yeah, it is a cool T-shirt, cool. yeah. Aw. Thank you very much. Guys. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. So review when we are allowed, um, which is uh, next year. Yeah, yeah. it'll be indeed. on the public release. Of yeah, that that's, album. yeah. To start next year is, is the full yes. release, so we'll do. We'll do. A but bit we will do a, a big proper. Yeah, yeah, and for perhaps sure. have them back on the show if they're willing. Maybe, maybe for their release. Uh, I. I, I spending ridiculous amounts of money on stupid things for the last week or so I bought um, the box set back of uh, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings audio plays so I've got all of them that's like 19 CDs <laughs> I got it from the works for like 30 quid Jesus. oh awesome that's, that's quite a good buy yeah and yeah, I'll be listening to that in the car Bloody <laughs> it's Nora. great anything I've bought recently has been my Jane hat yeah, 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 that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like that's really, really sad and stupid in a very ridiculously cool way. Oh, well, I think uh, <laughs> Rip- it's so great. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's well, Ripley's having a, a Firefly themed birthday with mate Tim, so I'm never going to shave my beard off mm. all the way to cosplay anything, but I thought if I just get the hat. Then you know, at least I'm more or less Jane-like in terms of my face. Yeah. I have the blue sun T-shirt and I have combats, so that's my that's my costume sorted. Cool. Plus, it was an excuse to buy a Jane hat, which I wore all day at work yesterday. <laughs> People come up to me saying, "Cool hat, dude!" And I was like, "Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. It's a fucking awesome hat. Where's yours?" Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, that's about as exciting as it gets. Bang, <laughs> bang, Candy Crush and new hats. Yeah, I've been finishing off a couple of seasons as well of things because uh, Burn Notice finished, uh, and the end of Burn well. Notice was awesome. I really yeah, seriously need to catch up with that. Yeah, it was uh, excellent. Very, very good way to end a show. 
Eight out of ten cats I've been watching. Oh, the count, the count, yeah, 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 it's 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 great. Independently, it's 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 okay, it's watchable, but eight out of ten cats does count down is fucking brilliant. It is, it's an absolute genius idea. Yes, it is. It amuses me. It, it actually got me out looking for a kind of countdown board game so that I can play that while yeah. getting drunk. I'm sure there is one. There has yeah, to be one. Got we, to be one you can do one yourself. Three, where are we going to get three cages of cats from? Oh, the cats in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was so adorable and really sick. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was just I watched... The latest one the other day, the one with Vic Reeves on it. It's great. Yes, it was good. Yeah. Was there not one since then? No, that was the, the that most was recent. Because that was the 80s okay. yeah. like one. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. very funny. The space opera race. Yeah. yeah. That was brilliant, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you tried doing it in high heels. <laughs> as soon as she's kicked off Strictly Come Dancing, I'm going to stop watching it. <laughs> You're actually watching it. Just because she's in The it. fact that she was on... The fact that Rachel Riley was on Strictly in, in is the only reason I broke the embargo this year. Right. Just like... Yeah, yeah. Rachel Riley in a skimpy outfit. Shaking her butt. Oh, dear. Oh, you make it sound so seedy, AD. <laughs> That's what you want to watch it for, though, isn't it? You make it sound so disgusting and underhand. <laughs> Expect more from you I really, I, I really do of the feminine form no it let you you're a you're a cad a cad and a bouncer is that a thong or is that a body suit <laughs> got into a good conversation with Netflix UK yeah well a bit conversation okay. with them on Twitter yeah Brilliant. I love their social marketing team. They're brilliant. Because I finished watching Fringe, mm-hmm. then I noticed that Castle had been added to the roster on Netflix. Indeed. So I put up a little tweet saying, finally finished all seasons of Fringe uh, on Netflix. A productivity can return... Dot, dot, dot. Ooh, Castle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being the easy distracted kid yeah. by a new TV show. And they tweeted me back saying, I really am ruggedly handsome, aren't I? And I was just like... Fair play, Netflix. Well played indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're going to let me know when more seasons of Castle are added because they've only got two at yeah. the moment. It's kind of, I need to know when um, there's more. Uh, I think I've, I've mentioned it on the uh, show before. What about the uh, marshal that gets sent back to his home county? Justified. justified. Thank you, yeah. Justified. They've only got two seasons. Tell the elephant. Indeed, it's telling the elephant, yes. <laughs> But it's spelled like the way it's spelled in Lord of the Rings. Almost, just missing his U, Oliphant. Oliphant. Yeah. I've been on Love Film recently because I've been watching Voyager, finally getting around to watching Voyager because I've never actually watched it. Oh, shit. There there was like this one thing I should cancel my Love Film. I haven't used it for a while. Next Generation on Netflix. Yeah, Voyager's on there. So, yeah, I've been making my way through that. I'm on like season three now. Which one's Deep Space Nine on? Is that on one of them? Um, it's on, on the American Netflix. Okay. Yeah. I need to crack my next PS3 gen, though. Next Gen is on uh, UK Netflix. Is it really? Yeah. Mm. I need to get onto US Netflix. Must be a new, uh, new, Must new, be a new edition, edition. Yeah, yeah. 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 Space Time is my favourite. Oh, DS9 yes, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Resounding awesomeness. So, what have you been up to this last month, AD? Oh, yeah, reading. Uh, Reading Neil Gaiman's book to me, little one. 
That was pretty cool. Fortunately, the milk. Fortunately, the milk. What a fantastic book. I'm looking book. forward to reading it. It's brilliant. Immensely. Yes. It is very, very clever. Very clever indeed. And it's actually the sort of stories that um, you and I tell Megan and Ariana quite often. So where have you done, where have you done it been? <laughs> well, Megan, it's, it's like this. It's like this. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. On the that slightly related book front, did you see the uh, the pronunciation book reveal? Oh God, wasn't that a waste of time? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I I I hadn't, didn't have a chance to read it this morning. I comp- what was it? It's it, 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 it was apparently linked up with something else that I that I didn't hadn't heard of, which is something called horse ebooks. Yeah, and Bearston Bravo. Yeah, it's an ARG. So it uh, I spent like half an hour before the show, before we started recording, trying to get the front page of this website to load, and I just wasn't having any of it. So whatever it is, it's either just been. Well, I, I got it to load, and it's just, it's like a kind of interactive video thing. So it's like a, a guy going up in a lift, and then the, 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 you have to make decisions, and you press a button, and it plays different videos depending on what you choose. So it's a kind of interactive experience thing. Sounds fucking thrilling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not the greatest, but I mean, all, all <laughs> I, that I, genius. I had more fun really reading, the, uh, reading the game. Google Doc. Yes, <laughs> there was more fun reading the Google Doc than the ARG. It was never going to be as bit, uh, as good a payoff as everyone thought it was going to be. <sighs> no, which which kind of sucks, but it's yeah that was kind of obvious. It was never going to be as good as that. I think just looking at the video, you can see that you look at the views, and you look at the likes and dislikes, and there's so many more dislikes than likes. There is, yeah. It's like yeah, people were expecting more than something completely out there, mm-hmm. completely random. <sighs> Yeah. People were actually hoping for catastrophe and or like something. A, a big sort of real world event. Yeah. But no, nothing. Just some shitty ARG a game. A couple of guys who had been doing random things anonymously for four years. Yeah. I mean, fair play. Fair play to them for the build up and stuff, but. Mm. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I'm probably going to get suckered into it though, aren't I? I'm probably going to start playing it and yeah, find that it's really yeah. good. Just because I don't want to be wrong about it. <laughs> have you had chance to have a real good test run and play with your... Steady. <laughs> Steady on. Finish that, sen- finish that sentence quickly, AD. Your magic handy wavy thing. Oh, my leap motion? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make it sound as dodgy as possible. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yay! Uh, no, I haven't. Oh. I still haven't had a chance to play with that. Um, Any issue with it, or you just haven't really had the? I've played with, <laughs> played with other people's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dick! You set this one up. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it used. I've seen a couple of my students have been using it uh, as a control interface for. Ableton. Um, one of them was doing his dissertation on uh, a live performance suit using gesture control for cool. controlling uh, filters and EQ sweeps and instrumentation. A and full body therapy. Yeah. Well, more or less, yeah. He wanted to do it on uh, using lasers, touchpads, and Easy. hand motion. 
and he was going to design an app that would let him translate hand movements into musical tones and control. But it's already been done. So now he's focusing more on performance, which is really cool. And I've sat with him and sort of seen what he wants to do, and it's amazing. But yeah, you can actually map hand gestures using this one piece of software. And it will it'll recognise left or right hand. And it'll recognise to an extent finger movements. Gestures. If you if you move too much on the one axis, the scanner because the scanner's reading from the bottom up. Yeah. If you've got it got your hand more or less on a on a vertical plane, it can't really distinguish the gestures too yeah. well. So you have to So you have to keep it sort of as flat as you possibly can. But it can tell when different fingers are moved out, it can tell when finger uh patterns etc but yeah he's able to play his track which he's got and then control different elements of the track using gestures to get a different performance every time because he's, he's just all he's doing is just controlling the parameters of his filters and his EQs and stuff uh, but it's pretty cool it's what you'd expect at this sort of stage of the Leap Motion's development I guess yeah. and as it gets better and better because the tech itself is still not quite as precise as it could be but it will get better I'm surprised they didn't um, sort of incorporate the technology that uh, they use to make the infrared keyboards you know from like the side beam pick up as well as the the above so then it gets the full three so I think that would just be difficult to do the laser thing yeah I so think it picks up your finger movements for a keyboard. So if you kind of incorporated that into it, you'd that have might... to have you'd have to have the control would have to be a lot bigger for a start. Not necessarily. Yeah, it would because you'd have to have the sensor that reads movement oh, well, up. Yes. And you'd have to have something that can do it on the side as well. Uh, but then for your usability to be maximised. You don't even be able to keep your hands in a certain frame. As long as your hands yeah. are within the frame of the horizontal scanner, yes. they'd be usable. But the thing with the leap motion is you can have your hands about the the distance of your hand in the air from the leap motion sensor controls yeah. the parameter. That, that's kind of what as I meant with the incorporating it rather than from the side, have it from underneath as well, so it actually picks up depth. Well it is underneath. Mm. The leap motion is from underneath. You said you wanted to have something on the side that would mix the technology both technologies from the the laser keyboard yeah well I'm, the, I'm saying they could I'm saying that you, you couldn't have you couldn't have the motion on the side because that would limit your your vertical yeah. field so it would have to be just the leap motion reading up but yeah you can use depth as a control parameter as well so as you bring something towards the leap motion unit things can change too so I think he's got a video. In fact, it was Skipo, the guy who gave us a track mm. about a month or so ago. Yeah. So if I'll, I'll take his video up and I'll put that in the show notes. And I think uh, Piers also has one, uh, Mr. Squirrel. <clears throat> I went the other way with the, the gesture control when I was doing my augmented reality stuff. So from the camera, it would recognise... Uh, kind of basically finger positions so you could have like yeah. one thing that looks like a pointer and then if you put your thumb in it clicks and then you can grab something and move it around Or yeah. so you would have the 3D superimposed objects on the screen or on the, uh, the, the, the glasses yeah. and then you could grab the 3D object using gesture control and move it and spin it and do it that way so it was a yeah it's kind of 
flipped around from how the leap motion yeah. seems to be doing it from having a static controller to just recognising what is in its field of yeah. vision. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I was trying to go with the... I think there's techn there's different styles and ways of <coughs> technological advancements that I think that if leap motion kind of got that information and got some of that and amalgamated it within that one piece. Yeah, but uh, as it Brendan says, the, the two are not compatible because no, they're, they're, not, they're from a completely different, different design. design yes. And a completely different way of coding. Yeah. yeah. But it's not even a way of coding, it's just the, 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 the architecture of them is such that Completely they're, different, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not incorporable. I'll bring it around one weekend. We'll have a play. Yeah, sweet. That would be awesome. Just have a play with it, for sure. Sure. was an awesome game. It's I got I got schooled at that at the games day. Oh, uh, okay. Back in a uh, we yeah, I'm a bit. Last time I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed a bit actually. They've cancelled the, cancelled the next games day. Yeah, I was and I was geared up and I actually um, made sure that I was going to be free for it. I've been the Geek Meet's still on though, isn't it? The Geek Meet's still on on the nineteenth of October. Is it? I thought it was November. October, because I can't make it because I'm at LAP. Which sucks, because I'd like to go. It's definitely October. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of the dates. As, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a Saturday again. Mm. But yeah, they cancelled yeah. the, cancel Games Day 3, which is I a shame, because I was really looking forward yeah. to that. Oh, that's what it was. They said they were going to redo the they Games, the games day, day in November. Later. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I got the November bit from. Sorry. But that, that was really no fun time last in November. <laughs> yeah. the, the last half of this year is, is gone for me. Got, I've got stuff on every weekend. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Craziness for the rest I'll of this year. I'll have to come over and get drunk in midweek then. Absolutely. <laughs> plan. Good plan. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but Suro is an interesting game. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's the second game. one we got, the Suro of the Seas. Oh, I haven't played that. Yeah. Maybe the first one. Yeah, it's it's good. You've got your little boats and dragons in the middle of the ocean and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Boats and dragons. Oh, I have played that. Yeah, because yeah, the dragons are moving every turn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so what was the first row? Was the first row in air then or something? Uh, I can't remember. I only played it once and I got it round. I only thought there was just the one game called Sura. I no, thought that was what I played. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple now. Sweet. I played one version of it and got my ass kicked. Mm. Yeah, I, I got my ass thoroughly kicked at it when we yeah. played it in. Uh, did Megan, did Megan beat you? Um, no, she didn't. I think she went out second, but it was it was yeah. I went out first. From <laughs> 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 yeah. the most convoluted exit from the board you could possibly have, it was just looping around <laughs> itself and then finally flew off the edge of the air. <laughs> okay. Still haven't been to Thirsty Meeples. I still need to check it out. Yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> Yeah, we've been quite a few times. We randomly went the other Saturday because we went down to Cornerstone because they were having their kind of five-year anniversary thing, but we got there to find that they were just shutting everything down, so we were like, what are we do then? Let's go to Oxford. So, yeah, hopped on the train through to Oxford and went to Thirsty Meeples for the evening. It was great. Cool. Awesome. Good fun. Okay, no musical interlude today, so we're just going to go straight into the interviews that were pre-recorded. Spindles. Yes. Tell us more about it. <laughs> well, you'll you'll hear most of it in the in the actual podcast itself. But yeah, it was in Forbidden Planet. There was a signing uh, from a few Telos authors: um, uh, Sam Stone, uh, David J. Howe, Stephen J. Walker, and Raven Dane. 
are all uh, uh, signing new copies of their books. And yeah, we uh, got together afterwards and, and recorded a show, which is kind of half chatting about Doctor Who and half chatting about steampunk because the, Stephen Walker and, and David Howe uh, write a lot of the kind of series guides for Doctor Who so they've done all the kind of the guides mm. of the, the classic Doctors through to the current Doctors and um, Sam Stone and Raven Dane do steampunk and horror so cool. yeah it kind of yeah chat about conventions and a few other bits and bobs so yeah that's uh, have a listen and enjoy see you on the other side Okay, so uh, yes, welcome everybody to Nerd vs World. I don't know what episode we're on, I think it might be 18, or it might be 19, or I might have to edit this and change it later, but I believe it's going to be Cat on a Hot Tin Nerd. It's got to be, I think it's got to be Cat on a Hot Tin Nerd, I think that works better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so welcome, yes, we're, we're here somewhere in the in the bowels of Forbidden Planet in London. Well, we're, I mean, we're actually sitting in you know Forbidden Planet's um, head office here. Um, which is, of course, at the top of one of the skyscrapers in London. And the, the views from this office are absolutely amazing, astonishing. Yeah. The vista we can see out across the whole of London. Um, polished marble floor, the mahogany desks. It's beautiful here. It's really, really lovely. It's not lovely. cramped in the slightest. It's smashing. Uh, and don't we love audio? Well, sorry, I'm Spindles, by the way. Uh, and we are joined by Sam Stone, uh, Stephen J. Walker, Raven Dane, and David J. Howe. And there's the phone just in time. <laughs> We'll wait yes. for that to stop. That's fantastic. No, they yes. seem to have got it. Marvellous. Uh, and we're joined over in the corner as well by my lovely wife, Emma, who's, who's come down to with me today to record this. Hello. So, welcome everybody. Hot off, hot off the presses from signings welcome. this afternoon. Yes, yes. Hello, Simon. Hello, 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 hello. hello. So, oh, Simon, very formal. Oh, <laughs> Normally, Spindles is what everyone calls me. Uh, so, yes, welcome. Uh, so, yes, hot from a signing. How, how, how's it been today? Been, yeah, it's been yeah, all right. It's been pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. always fun. It's always fun. Mm. Yes. Has everyone got new books out at the moment, or is it just um, yeah, just three of you? Three of us, David. Well, the television companion reprints out is the Princess at the moment, so that will be out imminently. But at this moment in time, no, I don't have. So I'm I, looking after the rest of. The I was going to say because I mean I, I know so I'm wearing my executive suit. So. My, my my knowledge of Doctor Who is fairly encyclopedic, but you two have actually written a book on it <laughs> yeah, time and right. time again. We've done our best, haven't <laughs> we, Steve? Several, yes. yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, it's been great fun. Yeah, yeah, and obviously the the one that Steve's got out this today is uh, Rivers Run. Yep, um, how we come up with those titles, I, know, I don't amazing, know. Um, which is all about the 2011. Everything that happened in the Doctor Who world for, for new series stuff in 2011. So, well. which series number is that? That's in? number um, five, uh, six. Season six. 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 So so series is, six in the new Is that the Impossible Astronauts? That's right. Yes, that's onwards, right, yeah, so yeah, that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's called Rivers Run, you see, because it's yeah, all about, all about course, River Song yeah, and her history and everything. Indeed. So that's what we called it there. Yeah, I mean, we're a bit behind on them. The, the, the one for 2012, I'm just about to start writing in about a month's time, hopefully have it out next spring. Do we know what we're calling that one yet? Not, not yet. Okay, not we yet. don't know what that one's called and the, yet. the 2013 one, which will probably be called uh, The Impossible Girl, will be out hopefully next summer. So I'm trying to catch up a bit with them, but um, it's uh, sort of just juggling things, you know, with the writing of the books, with all the editing and the stuff I do for Telos and on other people's books. Of course, I mean, this, this year is of course massive for it Doctor is, Who yeah, being yeah, the 50th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, yeah, uh, how are you guys finding the run-up to this? Are we all, all excited? Um, it's kind yeah. of kind of exciting. I mean, I think um, 
I mean, 50th anniversary, fantastic. There's obviously lots and lots of merchandise um, oh. available, and I've bought most of it. That's been done it today, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> um, extra suitcase to take home. Yeah, then. yeah. Well, I'll buy a Doctor Who suitcase. I'm oh, sure they're go. selling one of them. Um, so a bag of holding. Absolutely. There's been um, there's been lots and lots of stuff going on. I mean, I, th I thought the, epi the Doctor episodes this year were kind of a bit better than the norm. Perhaps I quite enjoyed them. Um, kind the norm of, being well, I think. Uh, they've been a bit disappointing, a bit kind of. I didn't. I wasn't a great fan of Amy Pond and all of her kind of machinations and the angst and stuff. But uh, I think it's been okay. I think, to be honest with you, the the biggest regret I've got this year is that the BBC haven't seen fit to repeat actual classic Doctor Who. But, it looks like every every other country in the world mm. is managing to do. Like, and it's obvious, isn't it? Eleven Doctors. Yeah. You know, you could do a story each month and you could finish then in November with the 11th Doctor turning into the 12th. It's perfect. It works. And that's what New Zealand's doing and I think America's doing. It's like, but not England, not no, the UK. I, and I believe they're showing the first um, William Hartnell one. Well, not the first one. They're showing the Daleks, I believe. The first. Oh, they had not even heard oh, that. I thought they were impossible. showing. I think they're showing them on like BBC Four or something. Yeah. It's not not but, on. The, the plan was to show the first story, um, but there's some sort of problem with it at the moment. They're just trying to sort out. I don't know what the problem oh, is, I but um, yeah. But the plan was to show. I think it was to show like a remastered version of yeah, was it. Was yeah. it 10,000 BC or was it the yeah, Daleks? I wasn't sure. 10,000 BC. Yeah. I mean, this. When they say remasters, it's basically just the same master as was used for the DVD. But yeah. there's some there's some issue with it which they can't solve at the moment. Yeah. I don't know what. But I, th I, mean, I think that's a great shame that they haven't mm. been showing Doctor Who I mean, every month. My, my, each my month regret this year. more is more that they haven't actually made a new series. Uh, um, they, mm. the, the, the episodes they have shown that were in the in the spring were held over from the previous year. So really, all they've made is the anniversary special, and they're just making now the the Christmas special. Christmas special. So so for the anniversary year, you'd have thought they would actually have made a whole mm. new. Serious, but mm. we're going to have to wait until the autumn of 2014. Is it autumn? Because normally yeah, yeah. it's like May, isn't it? That no, they it's start going to be the autumn when yeah, the next okay. uh, series starts. So it is, as far as I understand, anyway, it's going to be a complete run of 13 episodes with Peter Capaldi as the new Doctor. But it's it's a it's a long way off. Mm. So um, you know, mm. it really, it's a great pity they haven't actually pushed the yeah. boat out a bit more. And I think somebody said it's like the anniversary year, but we've actually got less Doctor Who actually on television oh. this year than we have had in any previous year. Uh, well, since 2005. Since 2005, yeah. yeah. exactly. That's, yeah. that's absolutely And it's right. kind of yeah. ironic, in yeah. a way. It is a bit strange. Um, well, because well, I mean, there are the other things, because there's the uh, the Mark Gattis adventures. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think yeah. that's, the, that's the thing that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more, David more Bradley than anything else. doing William Hartnell. Well, whoever, I just, I've just heard so much about it, and the photos have been tantalising, and I know Mark's a brilliant writer. And I just really am looking yes, yeah. forward to that. I mean, I, for some reason, my enthusiasm hasn't really been, really been piqued by that. I, I, yeah. I think one reason for it is that, you know, having researched all the history and, of how the show started and so on, and written, there goes the phone again. <laughs> uh, so we'll just pause a second and then Stop we'll go back. Stop talking about that, or we'll have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler I mean, police. Spoiler ha police. Having, having researched all the history of the show in the early years and how it was created and so on. I'm sort of slightly worried about how they're going to treat it. I mean, I know, for example, that they, they had, they've cut David Whittaker out of it, who was the first story editor. I mean, he doesn't feature in this drama at all. And he really played quite a crucial role in, in the early development of the show. And, and there are various things like that. They've sort of edited certain people out of the history. Management, you've got a phone call on line one. They've edited certain people out of the history, which I'm, I'm sort of... You know, I can see in a way why they had to do it. If it's a dramatisation, not a, not a documentary. But uh, I think 
it's a bit of a pity that some of those... Yeah, those... but they recreated the web planet. Uh, <laughs> I know, they've recreated lots of things. The, yeah. old, the original Cybermen and, and yeah. all sorts of things. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'll probably find I enjoy it more than I'm expecting, but we, I'm we looking shall, forward we shall to see. It. I, I, th I think as well what's going to be very interested is that after this um, Mark Gatiss' documentary has been transmitted, I'm wondering how many mysterious colour photographs from original Doctor Who will suddenly appear mm. and you won't be able to tell whether it's actually from the original <laughs> making of it or from the reconstruction yeah, that they did. Yeah. I think that would be yeah. quite funny. It would actually, yeah. <laughs> suddenly yeah. 10th Planet Cybermen in colour. <laughs> but, um, I, I went down to uh, Cardiff recently, so I took the kids to the exhibition down there to see the old uh, console as they've recreated it. It's, they've done quite a good job on that. Have you, mm. have you seen that? No, I don't. Yeah. I've not been down there, no. Uh, no. It's, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There, are, there are quite a lot of events going on this year, which um, yes. we're, we're thinking of going to. One is at the uh, the National Space Centre. Yes, we oh, yes, about that yes. Five, yes. Five companions, in, uh, including Fraser Hines. Yeah, um, that would be a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's lots and lots of events. You're right. There, there yeah. are lots. Um, so there's the big BBC um, three-day thing. Uh, we're we're going to that. We're, yeah. we're there on the Sunday for that. Oh, right. I'm going to be there on the Friday. I think. Yeah. So, um, we're there on the I'm Sunday. not sure when I'm going to be there. No. But we will find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be there sometime. Yeah. I mean, nice. I think basically they're running the same program on each of the yeah. three days. Yeah. So really, you don't. You only need to go one. But day. then, what's interesting is that it may be the same program, but it won't be the same guests. That no. Are there. I was like Tom Baker's only days. doing the Saturday. Exactly. I think, That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've we've hopefully touch wood if it all works out arranged for Barry Newbury to be there on the Friday oh fantastic um, so hopefully I didn't know that he, he will be going along on the Friday oh, well, hopefully meet up with you and yeah, see him. Uh, yeah. but I'm not sure if I'm going to be there mm. we're, we're just waiting to see really how this all right. pans out now, Barry's very Barry's, old now he's like yeah. 89 yeah. something he's very old yeah. he's the um, set designer he designed the very first Doctor Who story and, and lots of others over the first 20 years of the series mm. history he was the most prolific set designer on uh, the, the classic series as it's now called so, and, and you know we've worked with him and he, he, we did a book of um, his photographs from Doctor Who um, yeah. which was very good which we did well with so yeah. Uh, but yeah so I um, mean yeah, it's going to be very interesting but yeah lots of events um, yeah and, and again we're, we're going to the Newcastle one aren't we we are we're at Dimensions um, on 26th 27th of October yeah. and then we're off to Florida for an event there and yeah, then Hurricane then New York for one in New York, Long Island too. and then Canada for one in Canada. Well, that's a big sort of expo, uh, thing. expo thing, yeah, in Ottawa. But yeah. we we are going sort of partly as the Doctor Who contingent, and partly I think because of my zombie stuff, because the Walking mm. Dead people are also going to be there. So right. we kind of tick two boxes. That's why we've been invited to guest at that one. Yeah. I think. So this is Sam Stone speaking, by the well, way, yeah. just to introduce Hi. you, darling. <laughs> Indeed, this is something that, that I wanted to talk about a bit over this as well, which is the kind of the convention scene. I mean, we're, we're still fairly new to the convention scene because we started mm -hmm. going a couple of years ago to the Sci-Fi Weekend. Well, it was the SFX Weekender as it was yeah. when, when we started going, and then the Sci-Fi Weekender, and then we've kind of it's kind of opened up our world to all the conventions that go on. We had no idea there were that many conventions mm. that went on in the country. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, how many conventions do you guys do in the course of a year? It's getting more every year, isn't it? Is it? More, but <laughs> yeah. There is a, there is a sort of natural limit, A, to energy and B, to, to finances as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a a bit, I'm a bit conventioned thing. out because I started with, with David and I both went to the very first Doctor Who convention in 1977. Wow. And um, I went to loads and loads of conventions in the 80s and 90s. Um, and I, I got to the stage now where I'm a, I, I'm a bit sort of not, not exactly jaded with it, but I, I mean, all, all the all the 
I've sort of seen it all before in, in, in a way, mm. um, so I don't tend to go to so many now. But um, I think you I probably feel there's going. a changing face of it now, yeah. though, isn't there? Because Maybe, yeah. there's a lot of a lot more cosplay now. Yeah. It seems to be that, that, that's, that's what I've seen. That's is it seems to be yeah. a lot of the younger element who are coming to it are all very much into yeah. the cosplay, and it's not just kind of cobbling together outfits from bits no. of bobs. It's no. spending serious money and yeah. making the costumes as accurate as they possibly can. It's. Yeah. I mean, when, when we were out in LA for the big Gallifrey convention in um, February this year. I mean, you just you couldn't move for girls dressed as the TARDIS. It, yeah. it was just it was ridiculous. Great TARDIS it was just him. every single combination under the sun that you could imagine. You know, was it bustles and skirts and leggings and boxes and dresses and Actual, yeah, latex TARDIS and boxes, you, know, you, 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 you name it. People yeah. have made TARDISes made stuff out, out of it. Of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the great thing. Since 2005, when the series when Doctor Who came back, and you go to a Doctor Who convention now, and there's loads and loads of new fans who've just uh, come, come to the series with these 21st century episodes, which is fantastic. But the, the downside for someone like me is that when I went to conventions in the past, I went, it, it was just a great way to meet, meet up with a load of old friends. That mm. it, it was the same people you'd see, you know, if there was a convention in Newcastle, you'd see you'd meet up with your friends and chat, then you'd have a convention in, I don't know, Bristol or somewhere, and it'd be the same group of people, and you'd meet up. But now I find, I, you know, they're all uh, new fans, which is great, but I don't, I don't know so many people there, so that social aspect of it has slightly gone for me, unless, unless it's you know, David and Sam. They are much or, bigger, but yeah. that's the thing. I mean, a lot they're, they're of them... They're huge, aren't they? Now? Several, yeah. mm. I mean, several thousand is the, is the average. Mm -hmm. um, and for the big expos like MCM, yeah. which do cover this sort of thing, you'd be looking at 40 to 60 That's 000. it, because we went, we went to the yeah. London Film and Comic Con, and that was just insane. Yeah. We couldn't get anywhere yeah. near any of the stalls no. selling anything. You had to walk at a very slow speed going along, so you barely saw anything. Mm. And that's also worse because for the sellers as well, they can't always sell because you're actually in a way, too many people are there. Yeah. Mm. We found that too many, too big events are less are less lucrative in some ways, aren't they? Yeah. Than, yeah. But the, uh, the fans that go, I, mean, I, I can't. Their, their, their resilience and their enthusiasm is extraordinary. I, mean, I think with Wales Comic Con, it, first time we went it was absolutely pouring with well the first yeah. time I went it was yeah. pouring with rain um, and they had turned up without tickets so they were waiting for three hours in the rain and then they'd come in and then they'd wait for another hour to see whoever it was they wanted and they were smiling, smiling and happy and mm. I said did you mind getting soaking wet and having to wait no it's great fun we love it this mm. is interesting because yeah. I, I read something recently from John Hurt who was saying he was doing conventions and stuff now yeah. and he was saying that initially he was kind of really reticent to go to them because he's he, a opinion of people who went to these kind of conventions was that they were basically a bunch of weirdos and nerds who were just kind of attacking yeah, the moment he came in the door thought, and yeah. he said you know that they're the most lovely people he's ever met even, even though he was kind of he was still a bit cagey saying that yeah uh, he's still not sure how healthy it is to be doing all this cosplaying <laughs> and, and pretending Aww. to be but you know what it's funny, it's funny yeah it's funny you say I that it. it's funny because because we I mean, obviously, over the last five years since mm. I've been writing and, and out doing the convention circuit, I've seen a big change from people turning up in, you know, like, shall we say, this the like the nerd oh. crowd, male oh. and female, in big t-shirts and, you know, sort of very, very casual, to, to now to be in the cosplay thing. And actually, I don't think there's anything really wrong with adults dressing mm. up. It's it's all good fun and it's... It's, it's enormous it's enthusiastic. fun. It's, it's enthusiastic. It's, it's, mm. It's bringing out yeah, people's inner creativity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's wonderful. I, I, and again, I, I was I was going to say as well is that you know the interesting John Hurt's reaction that a bunch of adults shouldn't dress up and and you know get <laughs> get to get together um, to enjoy um, you know a communal activity. 
And I'm thinking, what have football fans been doing for, for like how many years now? And they all dress up in, in their outfits and they've all got their own oh, scarves and they put true. makeup on and they cosplay <laughs> and they all get together in great big stadiums and they go, whoa, cheer, and they enjoy the activity and it's fantastic. Why is that any different from a science fiction fan making an effort and putting on their outfit and going to a big hall and going, yay, and seeing their yeah. people that they love? What's the difference? What's the difference? It's a bit more. It's a bit more like the American conventions because the American conventions always had a bit more of that, the dressing up element to it. Yes. And there was a, there was a, there was a sort of cliche that Doctor Who fans used to dress up in costumes of the Doctors and companions and so on. But it was in the past. It was more in America than here. But it's uh, it's. It's sort of equalised out now. Mm. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's funny because the first Doctor Who convention I went to with David was of Gallifrey in mm. Los Angeles, and that was about five years ago. I've been about five times, haven't I, to that? So, and there wasn't very much cosplay at all. In fact, I was oh, anomaly really? walking around in my corset. Oh, wow. But over the years, that's got bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm, and of right. course, you've got this, like you said, this new sort mm. of fandom that's come in because of Matt Smith and David Tennant, mm. to be honest. That it brought all these young people in, that it, and then it has helped become yeah. a really big thing now. Well, yeah, the Gallifrey. best ones have this great sort of party mm. atmosphere, don't they? It's, yeah. it's a real fun thing now. So people don't take it as seriously maybe as they used to. I don't want, I don't want to sound like an old fogey, sort of <laughs> back to the eighties and nineties all the time. It's, uh, no, they can be a lot of fun. They are. I, I also think it's not just necessarily the kind of rise of cosplay and things in the convention scene. I also think stuff like steampunk certainly has become mm. such a, an iconic thing now. Definitely. I think that the rise of steampunk and its popular approval yes. seems to be very, very difficult. I mean, uh, a couple of years, I think it was a couple of years ago, I started noticing it. And like, you go into somewhere like Claire's Accessories and you'd see steampunk. Yes. Necklaces yeah, yeah. And, and the little hats. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it it seems like steampunk has quietly become very accepted and very very popular. Mm. Yeah. But it's but it is it's really good steampunk though because it, it embodies um, you know a, a very good message of uh, really just be splendid. Mm. You know, be nice be to nice, people. Yeah. Be nice to people. That's really what it's all about. Is, yeah. Um, and yeah, the costumes and the outfits and the beautiful Victorian dresses are absolutely beautiful. Um, but there's so much more to it than that, um, and like Raven, you know, your your winner of the inaugural Steampunk Novel of the Year award. Thank you. Yes, I am. Um, so, so, wow, so tell, cool. us, tell, us, tell us about yeah. steampunk writing, Raven. Well, um, I actually fell in love with steampunk not as a writer. Um, I was over at the Elf Fantasy Fair in um, Utrecht in, in Holland, and um, we talk about conventions. We talk about thirty thousand people turn up at these events all dressed up they have whole families it's been all year you know they all decided they're all going to be red demons that year and the baby's in a red demon the pug's <laughs> in a red demon the granny's in a red demon they have the whole thing it's just a fantastic event and the dutch just put on incredible um, um show show and, and we're so, so, so such relaxed yet so but so efficient wonderful and i was over there as a guest author and um I was in the middle of my doing all my vampire stuff at the time and I just wandered around one day and there was these people dressed in these extraordinary outfits with sort of bowler hats and, and gadgets in brass and I thought whatever that is it's just the coolest thing I've ever seen I didn't know what it was, was. so I sort of lurked around the edge of steampunk for some time and I actually got into it not as a writer but as, as a creator it, something about steampunk brings out the creative mm. So but it doesn't matter if you're making costumes mm. or, or brings out the inventory jewelry. So I started making you know pretty rubbish jewelry to be honest. It's, you know the, the, the glue of a cog on it and call it steampunk thing. You know? <laughs> but and then just then, it, then I sort of went into the writing as as a sort of tribute to my love affair with 
steampunk. That's what it came about. Ooh. And now I'm completely obsessed <laughs> with the thing. Now, but you, you came up with Cyrus Darian. Darian, that's right. Yes, he's the most evil. Well, he's not evil. He's just the most immoral, amoral anti-hero without a single redeeming quality ever. And he's, he's my sort of... We still love him. Yeah. <laughs> he does, he still love him. As I write you, I think, what if you get away with that, Yago? And then they love it. <laughs> but, but only you can say the title of the book. I don't understand that. It's, it's a play on... I can't pronounce it now, thank you very much. Um, it's t Cyrus Darwin and the Technomicron. Technomicron. Yeah. It's a sort of play on the Necromicron. Technomicron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, no one can say it except Raven. It's really weird. Well, the second, the second book's called uh, Cyrus Darwin and the Ghastly Horse. Well, that's easy. That's easy. <laughs> but it isn't for me, because every time I type it, I put Ghastly Horse. Damn <laughs> <laughs> you autocorrect. Tell you autocorrect. Yeah. yeah. I, I,
aren't really. You're a cross-genre though, aren't I'm you? I'm cross-genre. I think everything I write is cross-genre. Yeah. Um, a bit mm. of alternative history, obviously, because it's a sort of set in an alternative mm. um, Victorian London, very dystopian one. Mm. I mean, I, I, I pile on the smog and the... I was going to say, how, how, much, and... how much do you pull apart from actual history and how much do you put in the kind of alternative... I spend a steampunk. lot of time researching. Mm. Researching, 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 and then I'd sort of... But mine is slightly different to a lot of steampunk books because I don't really, although there's lots of technology in it, um, it's mainly the occult. I mean, mm. there's a very strong occult. Basically, some idiot has uh, opened a door from into hell with his messing around with, with uh, dabbling with the occult and uh, released all this sort of supernatural vermin. Mm. And they sort of, you have rats running around the street, but you also have supernatural vermin running around the streets and stuff like that. Mm. So it's, 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 it's quite a vibrant and very dark world, so, mm. which is perfect for Cyrus to operate in, you know. So. Very good. But it is good. with it going to history, what I, I do the same as Raven, it's mm. kind of, I do a lot of research and a lot of, there will be some factual things in there, but the rest of it I'll play very fast mm. and loose with. Because you have to, it's not. It doesn't have to fit your world, but mm. you can use it to colour it. That's what I, 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 enjoy I, yeah. doing. I, I guess I was kind of thinking: is how kind of true to life do you try to make it? Do you do you actually try and go, well, this gadget does that, and, and pull the whole world together, or is it just a kind of anything goes? Let's try this and see where it's it ends. Well, yeah, it's got to be believable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the gadget side of it, from my point of view, and I was inventing the Remington um, with you know the. The tank that the, yeah, 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 has, and, and it's got the diamond shards. Um, came of discussions of like what would Tiffany's have that this inventor could use to create weapons to kill zombies with. So some of it was that, but also I did look at how how the weaponry ran and how it worked, and and then, you know obviously researched quite a lot. So I did want it to be convincing because you know, mm. in fact, Dean Hagland. I don't know if you know Dean Hagland from um, the. Um, X Files. He was oh, a long right, gunman, yeah, yeah. long, long yes, blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. He's a friend of us, and he um, read the book, and he actually asked me, "Did the gadgets exist?" He thought they were real. He said they were mm. very convincing. So, I think I, I did a win on that mm. one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you have to ground it in a, in a sort, sort of believe, unbelievable, but believable. Mm. You know, it, it, otherwise it's just it just doesn't hang together. I think it needs to sort of have a some solidity about. I think it. it's all it's all to do with colouring, as as, mm. as you say. Mm. Um, I mean, from Telos, Raven's got a, a, a Victorian kind of horror stories, ghost stories collection out. And again, there's nothing in that that you would say, oh, that is that historic, historical mm. thing that happened that we know all about, you know. Mm. But it's absolutely the London Peculiar, the terminologies, mm. the, the hansom cabs, the, you know, the, the, the dress, the, 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 the feel of them is all kind of correct for the era yes. and everything. That's where the research comes in. That's where all the research yeah. comes in. Yeah. But, but yeah. not to yeah. say that on the 15th of March 1888 this happened mm. and yeah. I'm going to then refer to mm. that. That's yeah. not what yeah. it's about. The same with um, Sam's Cat on a Hot Tin Airship, which is um, the, the new uh, steampunk novel. It, it, it's set in the Deep South. There's no, no specific historical event going on. It's the backdrop of the Civil War and, yeah. and the, the ideas around um, you know, plantation, white plantation owners having black slaves mm. and that some of them don't look after them properly and that in Sam's book there is this one plantation owner who does actually look after his slaves. And in fact, he's freed his slaves, but they still work for him. That was long before because, the, the, um, the war that made them free them as yeah. well. Yeah. Because but, yeah. So it's taking mm. again the ideas of the Deep South and 
the, these la wealthy landowners and slaves and mixing voodoo in with yeah, that yeah, as well. That, yeah. that was very much a theme that went yeah. through yeah. the yeah. first book, was yeah, the, the, the was kind of the origin of, of the zombie yeah. thing. Yes. Is it from that? Is it not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's all colour. The mm -hmm. research colours it all. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, I think, what makes these books you know, work and shine, is, is, mm -hmm. is the effort that, um, you know, in this case, Raven and Sam put in to getting the colour right mm. because it's very easy to see if it's not right mm. yeah um, steampunk community yeah are very you know, yeah. are they very vocal <laughs> well there's a lot of people jumping at jumping because it's um steam according to the ibm computer trend setting thing yes steampunk is in for 2013 so people have been jumping on the bandwagon like fleas onto a dog and yeah like they yeah. did with the vampire fiction yeah you know, they did in the whole urban fantasy explosion yeah, yeah and there's an awful lot of writers who just think just throwing Archaic language, um, airships, and an airship and here and there, and uh, yeah. some uh, pantaloons, and some that's pantaloons, yeah. and you know, corsets, and there, there you go. And of course, it's a few old eyes, mm. <laughs> and that's all you need to do. <laughs> and worse still, a lot of lot of these writers are so cynical; they don't actually like the steampunk community. Mm. They have no interest in them. They have no. Um, respect for them at all, mm. and I think uh, you know their publishers have said, Write me a steampunk book, exactly. and they're going to all right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was talking to Robert Rankin about something similar, and he was saying that what the publishers were saying to him was uh, they were wanting fairy tales with a hard edge, yeah, was the current, the current de rigueur yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly, exactly. It goes in phases, it goes mm. in phases, yeah. but I think you know, from Telos's perspective, um, you know, Steve and I pride ourselves on. Know, the quality of what we publish and you know we tend not to follow trends per se but mm. we just want the books mm. to be the best books we can publish yeah. whether yeah. they are the non-fiction guides which do very well um, or whether it's the fiction yeah. um, that we're doing now more of um, through our mm. Moonrise imprint which is really you know really exciting and good and we've got some good stuff coming up in that um, and it's just just doing good fiction mm. and then hoping through talking to guys like you to get word out Indeed. to yeah. get people to at least look and see what we're doing and yeah. then hopefully gain a little bit of traction and if you like what you see then hopefully you'll come back and look again yeah we've certainly found that with the non-fiction guides oh. is that um people come to us and say well you know i wasn't really interested in a guide on x um but because it's published by Telos, I know it's going to be a really good guide on yeah, X. Yeah, so yeah. I bought it because I know you guys put a lot of work and effort yeah. into these things. So we've got kind of quite a high standard, haven't yeah. we, Steve? Oh, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's our, the company motto is committed to quality. You know, so yeah. uh, that runs through everything we do, really. And, and we did have a few years where we weren't publishing very much fiction. But now, particularly with Sam's help on, on the editorial side, we're, we're doing a lot more books, which mm. I'm really pleased about. And, yes. and um, they, they are being very, very well received. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's kind of exciting and interesting, mm, and yeah. you know, fiction's always interesting yeah, because it's, it's, because it's new and, and different authors, yeah. and you you have different things for covers. And whereas the non-fiction, um, although the books are great and the authors are very knowledgeable, there, there tends to be a particular style to them, mm. which dictates a particular sort of cover that you can't really yeah. go away from. So you're a little bit limited in what you can do in some respects. Plus, they're all unauthorised guides. Yeah. So again, we have to kind of be careful to stay on the side of legality mm. and not infringe trademarks and not use copyright stuff and so on and so forth. Um, and and we, we try and do that to the best of our ability, basically. And I, I think we, we've done pretty well over oh. the years, to be honest. Yeah, so uh, yeah. it's, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. But I love cover artwork, you see. And um, I mean, we saw today Martin Baines came down, who's the cover artist on Sam's um, books. And we've not met him before, so it's absolutely oh, marvellous. He to didn't meet look Martin. how I expected. Not at all. He looks a lot younger than a lot I expected. Younger than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it was lovely to see him, and he's a very talented artist, and I think very, we'll be seeing talented. more of his work from Telos because oh. we, we love working with him because he's, he's very, Definitely. very good. 
So yeah, it's it's good, isn't it? It's all good. Yeah, I mean, on, the, on the, the factual books, we, I mean, as David said, the, the, the thing is, we tried our our approach is to make them really authoritative guides because a lot of the ones you you can get from other companies are, are quite lightweight or you know basically photo books with a bit of text. But in in general terms, we we try and make our guidebooks really authoritative. So if, you, if people are interested in a particular series, they know that buying one of our books, they'll they'll have uh, you know the real factual reference there and they can rely on what's been written because they're all written by people who are themselves fans really and know their stuff, know yeah. Their stuff. Mm. yeah that's right so they're not you know they're not cash-ins or people just sort of following a, a you know like as they said jumping on a bandwagon you mm. get some series that become very popular and you you suddenly have this proliferation of books about them so a lot of which aren't, aren't very good so, mm. so we, we always you know make make sure that we're working with authors who really know their stuff Mm. Have you found any kind of change in, in how people are, uh, are currently consuming things like books and art at the moment? With the rise of things like Kickstarter and things like that, has that had any kind of effect? Not really, not on Telos, no. Um, I mean, I must admit, I keep thinking to myself, there are certain books I'd love to be able to do that are just too expensive to do. And I keep thinking, oh, well, maybe we could do a Kickstarter for those if, if I could ever get it all. Because you've got to do so much organisation up front yeah. for a Kickstarter to work. You can't just decide one day I'm to good. put one I'm up and it, yeah. it'll work you can't because mm. you've got to think about you know your rewards and your scale and what you're going to do and it's got to be committed and it's got to be authoritative and people have got to know that if they're putting this money in it's actually going to happen but that's not really made any difference to us at all um and we were talking um the, the other day at, uh, at the steampunk convention the asylum at lincoln and there was a panel about um ebooks and real publishing and the question came up you know how many ebooks do you sell as opposed to real world books? Um, and I was on a panel with a self published author and a really micro, micro press. Um, and of course, they're all so, oh, yes, lots and lots of ebooks, lots and lots of ebooks. Whereas I said, well, actually, I think it's probably 10 to 1 or something. You know, we mm -hmm. sell yeah. 10 real books for every one ebook we mm -hmm. sell. Very true. And the vast majority of our sales are through shops still, it's through mm -hmm. the good old fashioned traditional mm -hmm. route, get it into a shop, people pick it up. And so, yeah, although. I think there's a lot of noise about ebooks. Mm. I think that noise is coming from a small proportion of yeah. people who actually really, really love them. But there is actually a far bigger proportion that still like to have a real book that they can flick through, that they can get their marker pen and they can mark it and they can tick yeah. it and they yeah. can. And particularly with guidebooks, I think. Yeah. The fiction, I mean, to be fair, we have seen a rise in the yeah, sales of ebooks for the fiction. We have, yeah. yes. Um, but it's still probably, you know. Certainly, no more than fifty percent, no. if, if that. But on on the guidebook front, I mean, people do prefer to have a printed book in front. Yeah, I think. yeah, I know. And plus, you know, with like with Sam's books, I mentioned Martin Baines earlier, and the beautiful cover artwork he does. Mm. You don't get that on an ebook. Mm, you don't get the beautiful yeah. quality of mm. the paperback and the flaps and the, the beautiful design work. And in the first ones, obviously, Tiffany's got internal illustrations as well. Again, none of that is in the Kindle no. edition. You just get the text if yeah. you buy actually, the Kindle. Actually, I, I, I do hold on to all of mine. I don't let them go out on Kindle for a year. Because mm. I actually prefer to sell paperback books. Yeah, I, this is something else that we were talking about. It's a bit, it's a bit hard well. to sign a Kindle if Absolutely, you do sign yeah. it. But it's, it's nice because what I do find, though, and going, you know, in support of Kindle, is that if you've got very loyal readers, one, they want a nice signed book 
off you when they see you, which is, seems to happen a lot with us, but also they want it on their Kindle so they don't spoil mm. their nice book, mm. so they can read it and take it on holiday. So they're actually giving you double sales. Mm. So in, in many ways, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think a lot of people have been really scared of it from mm. the beginning. Mm. It's sort of, oh, this is going to kill you know mm. the print industry. And I don't believe it does. No, I, no, I really no. don't. I think books are part of a home decor. They're something mm. beautiful yeah. to have. Um, and you know, having these lovely things on 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 your mantelpiece, and I I couldn't imagine our house without books. Exactly, and I, yeah, I always days. have a book in my bag yeah. any time. There's something very kind of sensual and beautiful. Mm. About so books. you've had enough of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I carry my Kindle around for exactly the reason you said, Sam. Because I don't like to get the books damaged. I, I like yeah. to keep them on my shelf at home. But if I'm out on a train journey or something, I'll generally take my Kindle with me. That's right, so. but at home you can pick them up, you can yeah, touch them, you can look them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we just, uh, Raven and I were just walking mm. through Forbidden Planet <coughs> and we were we were overwhelmed by the print smell from the graphic mm. novels. Oh, yeah. oh, and I stopped and said, oh, yeah, that yeah, smell, yeah, that yeah. smell. And there's <laughs> lovely, beautiful covers everywhere and the, you know, the covers with embossed bits on and lovely illustrations. And Raven said, you don't get that with Kindle, do you? You don't get that with Kindle. <laughs> As an author, I love Kindle yeah. because... I sell lots of books on Kindle. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my uh, vampire book, Blood Tears. I mean, you know, literally, I pay bills from that because it just comes out and out and out and out. Um, and it's been out since 2006, and it's just selling, selling, selling. But it's only selling on Kindle. Mm. It's, it's just, it's just flying off as a Kindle. But as a, as a reader, I love books. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's, it's probably fair to say that's why we started Tell Us mm. in the first place. Was mm. that we just love, love books and write, yeah. like creating mm. really nice books. Mm. Really, really, it's, it's part of the aesthetic appeal of it, isn't yeah. it? Yes. I think one benefit that the kind of the, the, the computerization of things has brought to it is it seems to have very much broken down the barrier between uh, author and reader. <coughs> that yeah. You very much have direct contact with your audience. <coughs> Well, the, so, the social media and, and yeah. so on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's definitely true. Um, true. Okay, cool. Well, I uh, don't want to keep you people that, that much longer, so thank you very much for coming down and talking to us. Oh, thank you. Normally, we do ask you for, uh, uh, normally, ask everyone who comes on the show to provide five films for our list, but uh, we haven't got enough time to go through everyone's no. and get your five <laughs> films off you. So, what I will do is probably follow up with you after this and see if I can get a list off you of sure. five, yeah, five films that sure. you think that everybody needs to see. Well, we were talking about Sucker Punch is one of them that we love. It's a very good film, is it? So, Sucker Punch. Double Indemnity. Okay. Forbidden Planet. The Shining. Okay, well, there's four. Okay. One from each of us. That's marvellous. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. That's right at the top of the list. Lots of people have said Blade Runner. Alien. Alien is number one on the list currently. That's the most. I go on all day. Brighton Rock. Uh, <laughs> Underworld is a good one for Underworld. us as well. Uh, yes. We love that one. Yeah. Okay, so yes, right. thank you very, very much to all of you for coming along. Thank you. It's, been, it's been a pleasure yes, in, in, our, in our cramped little awesome. office at the bottom of the hidden planet. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, thank you very much to everyone, and until next time, take care and be excellent to each bye other. Bye, bye. Be splendid. That's all for this week. <laughs> I've been Brendan. I, I, I think I've been Spindles. <laughs> I've definitely been 80. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Till next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>